0: again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the bad cast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener on March 4th, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Bauman. And the host site is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree is in the podcast description. Well, you guys, uh, if you can't tell by my voice, I am sick again. Uh, if you are a new listener, I was sick in the beginning of January, and uh, it's the my, my, my corona. I got the coronavirus, man. I got COVID 19 specifically. Um, it's a form of coronavirus if you've done your homework, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know where I got it, how I got it. Um, recently went home for a funeral. Uh, one of my best friend's dads passed away. Um, but nobody that I know of from that is really like sick like me. Um, so who knows? It could have been the plane, could have been the airport. I was back in the office at work last week, so who knows, man, um, but I knew something was up when I had a really runny nose. And then to boot, I started to get a sore throat. And when I woke up Friday morning, it's a Sunday as of recording the intro and close to this episode. And when I woke up Friday morning, I felt like I just weighed like a ton. And my body just felt super heavy when I tried to get out of bed. And I still worked. And uh, my crazy self still exercised that night. I did like a a back and bicep workout. I know I probably sound like a total meathead, but I I've really been wanting, I hate not finishing things. And I was sick, like I said, a few weeks back. And so I had to like not work out for a week and, um, you know, with the holidays and stuff. And I've been trying to finish this last month of this program and I'm on the very last week and I didn't want to quit, man. And, uh, lo and behold, I, I, I got sick again. And so, it had been going for a couple of days and to me, the, the really runny nose and feeling like I weighed a ton when I got out of bed. I know some people obviously now who have had COVID and they said that uh, the way they felt waking up, um, I didn't have the body aches like, like a lot of people I've heard who have had the virus have said, you know, they get the, the body aches when they, um, you know, when they have it to just today, I started to lose my sense of smell. I can still taste um, which I know those two things kind of go hand in hand, it seems like, but I can still taste stuff, but my sense of smell is, is very faint. You know, I've got, I've got, you know, a few, few different cologne options, you know, cause I like to smell good when I go out, you know what I'm saying? Two sprays is all you need, by the way, any more than that, you're kidding yourself. But, um, when I thought I started to lose my sense of smell last night, I, I tried to smell a few of those and it was like super, super faint, like super faint. And I couldn't really smell, smell my deodorant, which is like, uh, eucalyptus and mint um so yeah my throat it's not super sore to talk right now which is why i'm doing this um i know i need to get better rest i'm trying i didn't fall asleep till really really late last night uh sometimes it's just hard to shut my brain off but i'm doing okay uh i am very happy that i am vaccinated just because there's just so much research that points to the contrary if you're not, man, and, and I, I'm a pretty healthy guy. Um, like I said, I usually work out five, six days a week. I try to eat right. Um, I try to get seven hours of sleep a night. You know, lately it's been more like six, so I probably contributed to a little bit of my immune system being weakened just from traveling and, and, and not getting better sleep. I'm sure that had something to do with it, but um, uh, but yeah, man, I, I got it. So um, Omicron's really contagious, y'all. Like you, Like I said, I haven't been you know, partying down on on Broadway here in Nashville and, like, going to pack bars and stuff. And if you are, again, I'm not chastising you. Live your life, you know, to each their own. Um, But uh, I just think this new variant is really contagious. So whether you believe in the virus or not, man, um, I didn't want to get it. You know, I guess the silver lining is now I'll have antibodies for however long. But, you know, unfortunately, this thing is going to continue to mutate. And and again, I'm not here to preach to anybody, but the but the longer we have a, a, a you know a substantial number of people who, who don't get vaccinated, you know, um I think I'm no doctor, but I think that's just gonna mean it's gonna continue to work its way through and continue to mutate and mutate and mutate, you know. Um so again, take my advice with a grain of salt, even though I work in healthcare for my for my job, like I, I'm not a clinician or a medical professional, but I just will tell you from the numbers that I've seen I'm very happy that I'm on um I'm somebody who's who's uh I don't wanna say it sides. I, I'm I'm not gonna make it like that, but I'm I'm very happy that I am vaccinated. Um, you know, I, I am immunocompromised. Um I've had three eye procedures in my life because I was uh well not I was, but I you know, my eyes ain't good. I looked like Uncle Fester as a baby and I had three eye surgeries by the time I was six years old. And then I had a, a rare tumor called a JNA when I was a senior in high school, going back about 16 years now. In fact, right around this time, right around January of 2006, I had a really, really awful nosebleed and found out I had this, this tumor called a juvenile nasopharyngeal angiofibroma. It is not made up. You can look it up. And, uh, luckily mine, it was really like a million dollar nosebleed because, um, they caught it when it was only about the size of a quarter and these things are pretty gnarly like they they grow by attaching themselves to blood vessels and mine bled really really badly because it was actually attached to my maxillary artery which is the main artery that feeds blood to your face and uh, it was in my nasal cavity so they had to do a lafort one procedure um, you know saw underneath my upper lip and crack my palate down go up there cut out the tumor you know, put titanium plates and screws back in it to, to, you know, put it all back together. Um, you know, the feeling I've kind of gotten used to, you know, if you ever took gum when you were a kid and, and you were chewing it in school and you're and you trying to hide it, you know, when you, when you put it on your gums, your upper gums above your teeth, that's kind of what it feels like. Um, but that feeling has kind of gone away. So I say all that to say that I've had, you know, numerous surgeries in my life, I guess you could say compared to the average person. And especially that tumor one specifically, my sinuses are really susceptible. You know, I feel like I have a pretty strong immune system. Like I said, I take care of myself. I exercise. I try to eat well, try to limit myself to like one sheet day a week um, for, for you know, you know, ice cream and stuff like that. Um, excuse me. Um, so I feel like, I, you know, I'm somebody that, you know, getting this, this thing, um, I'll, I'll be okay. Um, I still feel good enough to work. I'm obviously not going to be going into the office this week, but uh, I feel good enough to work still. Um, I'm really just annoyed more than anything that I got it. Um, it's just frustrating and irritating to be honest, cause I just don't like not feeling well. I don't like being sick. Not that anybody likes being sick, but you know, when you try to do the right thing and you try to protect yourself and, you know, um, and like I said, unfortunately with all these new variants, man, I think it's just gonna, you know, the, the, uh, the efficacy i think of the stuff that's out there it's it's going to it's going to decrease they're going to they're going to have to continue to make stronger and stronger vaccines cuz this thing's going to continue to mutate so just just be mindful you know like i said i'm not trying to preach to anybody but like i said i mean i i haven't been running around you know and um you know and i and i miss being able to do the stuff that i like to do you know i miss i miss going to games i miss going to concerts you know, um, I'm glad that those have come back in in some capacity, you know, comedians are touring again, and I think that's awesome. Um, I think the good news about Omicron, and I'm pretty sure that's what I have. um, I think the good news about it is obviously, it's it seems to be a lot less deadly than prior variants, especially Delta. And like that first wave of, of the virus that came over, I think from from like Italy and Europe, you know, when we when we were first in the the throes of this pandemic back in, uh, like March, April, 2020. So, um, but yeah, just protect yourself y'all. Like, like I said, you know, if you opt not to get the vaccine, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chastise you. I'm not gonna preach to you. It's your body. It's your choice. It's your mind. You can read what you want. You can believe what you want. Um, there's a lot of evidence that points to getting it. And, um, there's also a lot of evidence that points to, to taking care of yourself, you know, to, to not end up in the hospital. So, just be mindful, be safe and and keep in mind, not, not just yourself, you know what I mean? But keep in mind like the the vulnerable people around you, you know what I mean? Older people who, you know, if they get it right, it's, it could take them out. You know what I'm saying? And not just your family members, your friends, but, you know, think of all the people you interact with on a daily basis, man, you know, and, and old people who are greeters at, you know, grocery stores and things like that. Like that's, that's what we got to think about, and I and I think sometimes it's easy to kind of out out of sight, out of mind, and it's invisible, and I think it's, you know, I don't know what it is about human evolution, you know, and, and threats. I, I think, um, you know, when something is, is invisible, we 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 tend not to, at least in my lifetime, it seems like we don't take it as seriously, um, versus if you saw like a friggin' you know, bloodthirsty Bengal tiger heading your direction, and you're like, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do? That thing weighs 500 pounds, and it can run, you know. 20 miles an hour. And, you know, I guess I got to start running and, in, and, in, in hope that there's a, a cliff that leads to a, a deep body of water. I can jump in nearby, right. Versus an invisible virus that it's kind of, you know, it's kind of easy to, to get caught up in the politics of all of it. And to me, it's, it's so dumb how politics have really, I think just, uh, just the, the amount of misinformation out there is just, is just baffling. So, um, again, I'm, I'm happy that I, I'm vaccinated and boosted because, um, i've just seen too 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 much evidence to the contrary that if you're not you're you're really taking a big risk and again not trying to be preachy but as somebody who's contracted this thing man and somebody who takes care of myself like you know best advice i can give you is just be smart be mindful and 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 if you're not going to get vaccinated take care of yourself you know try to work out five six days a week eat well get get decent sleep take care of your body you know because it'll help keep you out the hospital you know so any Hoosers, I felt good enough to still record, and, um, you know, life keeps moving on, so uh, I'm going to try to get some rest, and, um, you know, shout out to my mom for sending me some soup, I love you mom, I got a good mother, and I'm, and I'm, you know, really lucky to have people who care about me, so I'm cool, man, I'm good, I'm just, like I said, I'm, I'm just annoyed more than anything, um, because I really tried to do all the right things, and I still got it, man, and um, you know, I don't think we should all throw in the towel, like I said, because there's just too many vulnerable people and you know, I don't I don't I don't I don't I, don't, I can't speak for anybody else except myself other than saying like I, I don't want to do anything to contribute to somebody else's, you know, uh sickness or, or God forbid an early grave. You know what I mean? And again, I know it's really easy because we don't have like tracers where it's like they can actually prove that, you know, you got somebody sick and they died, but I still don't want that on my conscience, man. You know what I mean? So Um, and it's tough. I got friends who work in the service industry, you know, people who work at bars and restaurants and stuff. And I know they took a big hit and there's places that close permanently because of this virus. But I think if we all just do our part, you know, um, things will get better. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. I'm cool. I'm here. Speaking of being cool, this week's guest is a really energetic guy. He's really talented And he's got a lot of ambition, a lot of hustle, and just a lot of drive. And he's a beast behind the drums, man. He is none other than Danny Nono of Big Eleanor Records. And uh, they had a big year, man. Advocat released their Dark Patterns EP in December of 2021. Shaw Calhoun released his Mariana EP in October of 2021. Homemade Ski Mask put out Red Ball Blue Chicago. January 15th, 2021. So going back almost a year now. And then Big Eleanor's also put out a couple of skateboard decks. One of them was thank a first grade teacher last February where the proceeds went to help buy supplies for first grade classrooms in Chester County in Pennsylvania where Danny is is from, the Pennsylvania area. He we get into sports, he's a big Philly sports guy. We talk about that on this podcast. So My man's got his hands in a lot of different stuff, you know, uh, drums and advocate, drums and homemade ski mask, and, uh, you know, as you guys will hear in this episode, really exemplifies just the the March 4th mantra of perseverance, moving forward, and if you want to do something, just going out and doing it, and I just, I really love talking to this guy, it was so cool that he reached out to me, and I'm just really blessed to be in a position now with the show, with you guys listening, and telling a friend to tell a friend that the audience is growing, and people are reaching out to me, and so... I'm really excited that I heard from Danny, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. So, without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Danny No No of Big Eleanor Records. Here it is. Any, thanks again for joining me dude i I really appreciate the time i'm really excited to talk to you i'm I'm always interested in uh checking out new music and it's it's been cool for me to to get to a point with the podcast now where where people are finding me so when you reached out and uh hit me up on instagram it just was like oh cool like uh i guess i'm I'm making enough of a ripple now that you know i i'm I'm still fishing, but I don't have to fish as much. So thank you so much for joining me, man. And, and, uh, generally, uh, or excuse me, genuinely rather, um, I, I really dig what you're doing with big Eleanor dude. So thank you so much.
1: Nah, man, I appreciate it. And obviously you're doing your part and you're showing up on people's radar. So you keep doing your part. That's it. Yeah
0: yeah so there's a lot i want to get into with you man but i usually where i like to start with musicians um people can't see this right now but you've got your drums behind you oh, and yes, uh w- with big eleanor you you guys have had it had a big year no pun intended um with with a few different releases you're also doing like skateboard decks and stuff too so just let me kind of know where all this started for you musically man
1: yeah uh started behind the drum set um that's where my first inkling of creative musical outburst came from that's where i knew i could make my start doing something uh and then from behind the drum set just releasing projects and things like that i just kept learning and knowing that i wanted to be in control of everything uh as far as releases the artwork the you know everything um so it started behind the drum set. Um, that was my first love of music, but, uh, I'm not going to finish, I'm not going to finish my career behind the drum set. The drums was the start. The drums was to kick in the door, let people know, uh, I can to put my boots on and do the physical work. So before I start telling someone to make music for me or, Hey, do this work. But like, I want people to know that. Yeah. I, I can get down on my instrument too. Um, so it started behind the drum set, basically.
0: So, how old were you, man? Were you were you a pretty young, dude, at, when you started? When you start, like, were you the cl- classic like banging on pots and pans and stuff? And then somebody was like, um, "We got to get this dude some drums."
1: Mm, I guess so. It was more of uh, the interest, but not really showing it. Like, uh, like I wasn't just like banging on pots and pans or doing something like that. But yeah, there was a time where I sat and sat on a drum set in front of my parents, and I think just like the my ability to just play like a beat or something like you know I mean if, if you're a sixth grader seventh grader and you approach a drum set and you can do something that is requires a little bit of effort effort effortlessly like it clicked and they just like kind of helped me pursue my interest they never really shot down my idea of playing the drums they got me my first drum set so you know early middle school um it just is something that I, like I said, I just, it, it is a talent that I happen to be given. So it just, after touching a guitar and being like, oh, I can't do this. And knowing I can't sing, just I happened to touch a drum set. And it was just like, oh, something's here. And then I just happened, yeah, I just happened to be in front of them. And they were just like, all right, cool. Like, let's, let's see if he likes us. And yeah, they, they supported from a young
0: age for sure. So I'm, I'm 33 now. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you, man? When you were in junior (laughs) high, what was was the stuff that you were listening to?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm 29 and a
0: half. Okay. So Um, we're pretty close.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right around the same, same bracket. Uh, so what kind of got me going was, I, 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 I feel like I, I listened to the Ramones one time and I was just like, like obviously we'll take a step back before you get obviously like a sixth grader isn't like digging in the scenes and knowing like all the shit so it's just like the first like well-known band that like kicked in the door like I just like I saw it was probably the Ramones like it's a tie because like I saw the Ramones and the who like I just remember both of them making an impression on me at like the same early age and I was just like okay uh, just something, to, something about it. Like, you know what I mean? The Ramones are fucking cool. Like the Ramones are never going to go out of style. So that is what, that's what did it. I was just like, all right, fuck. Yeah. Like this is the energy. This <laughs> is the energy that we need. So, uh, probably the Ramones.
0: And was there, get- was there somebody who introduced them to you at that age? Or did uh, you, or do you remember how you, how you discovered them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think just existing, uh, just friends and shit, just like discovering music and finally being at the ability to, you know, what I mean, like you're outside, you're not with your normal, like when you grow up, you're with just like the people who live near you and blah, blah, blah. Now you're with people who are in similar interest groups and, blah, and stuff like that. So just someone was probably just like, yo, listen to this. And that, like I said, that kicked in the door, like the Ramones kicked in the door for a lot of people since 1974 for real.
0: As somebody who, who's definitely very heavily into punk music, man, just from listening to the stuff that you've put out, like, what do you think it is about punk mu- punk music and its, like, connection with the youth, right? Because, like, I feel like we've seen sort of this um, resurgence in the last couple of years. Um, you know, a, a guy I just had on my podcast was talking about that, that MGK record, and he was basically like, hey, say what you will, but, you know, that was an awesome album, whether you love him or you don't love him, like, he, he put out a great record, but you know, when I was in junior high, sixth grade, or, or sixth grade going into junior high, it was obviously Blink 182, Green Day, yeah. um, you know what I mean? So, but but I feel like that music in particular, man, um, you know, and I don't know if it's just because it's left of center, kind of like metal, I think that there's a lot of similarities there, where it's just sort of that outcast music, you know, when you're a kid, and you have that teenage angst, and and I still love all of it as an adult, too, man. But as somebody who's heavily into punk, like, did you notice that coming up too? And, and what do you think that connection is with the youth with that music?
1: Um, I mean, the people that I surround myself self with are all, yeah, we're, obviously everyone has their diverse musical tastes, but it just always will boil down to that that raw energy. And I feel like there's just a raw human energy to just like punk music. The more genuine that a, punk band or a band with that energy is going to like the most genuine energy they can exert the most raw it seems to sound and when you strip down everything and you just go to that raw you know i mean it's just all raw emotion all raw sound just like the physical sound is raw as fuck and just that that's that's the basis of everyone everyone you know i mean you 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 are born with like just raw nothing you don't have anything else so it's just like it just brings you back to like the most human element I think and it's just like that's why you want to run around in a circle like the same reason why like lions get crazy and go wild like you know what I mean it's just like that raw instinctive feel that like you get that is just so human to it
0: yeah for sure I mean so for you as you as you were getting into the drums and listening to music with your friends and stuff Do you remember the first show that you went to like the first the first concert that I went to is actually a buddy of mine who's like super music inclined shout out Andy if you listen to this but um, he could play the drums he could sing he could play the guitar and when I first picked up guitar when I was 19 and I stink on ice because I don't I don't really play that much I'm just like a bedroom noodler but uh, people on the show I'm sure are really tired of hearing me say that but it's true. Um, but he he was the one who gave me my confidence to like just kind of keep playing and figure stuff out and um, was always really supportive and, and like we shared that love for music and to this day like we could go months without talking and we'll pick right back up where we left off but but it was his it was a band he was in at the time a metal band called inner sanctum and I remember it was at this place called vamps. In Toledo and I just I think I feel like you just always remember like that first show where you're like whoa it's like live music do you remember what that one was for you yes
1: uh I don't remember maybe we can I'll I'll come up with an exact show as I keep talking but I'm in Lancaster County area so when I was you know, I mean, middle school, when I was first starting to play the drums and, like, actually getting with bands and then playing shows on my own and shit, uh, at that moment in time, Lancaster County was fucking popping off. August Burns Red, Texas in July, Circus Circus, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all of that was going on. I personally don't necessarily get down with that type of music, like, whatever. Uh, it's not specifically for me, but I went to shows at, like, fire halls and – shows at, like, cafeterias and shows at, like, like, things like that, that literally just show you that if you want to do anything, all you have to do is do it, so it'd be, like, the band who is headlining, quote-unquote, is putting on the show, is the guy who plays the drums is at the front door, like, checking tickets, the fucking, you know what I mean, like, it's so, coming up in that time like i feel like it left an impression on any musician that's still in this area because uh lancaster county was on some shit at that moment in time and it is died changed music like august burns Red, like grammy nominated now and like you know i mean like all those drummers are just like fucking drum gods and so influential right now but like at that moment in time it was when like messengers was just coming out like 2005 and shit like that so like i had friends older brothers who would like take us to these like shows that are literally in these dungy basements and like we would watch like some random band like go off and then three years later all of a sudden that band turns out to be like a well-known band or some shit it was (laughs) so that moment in time was like a very cool spot to be kind of like coming up and 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 watching and learning
0: yeah and i feel like that diy spirit man that's like synonymous with with like punk music like it's just that is like so tied into that whole thing you know rebellion doing your own thing you know like you said the rawness of it the, the loudness of it but but shows like that that you're talking about and, and, and like you said to see a band like an august burns red blow up and i i think they had um oh gosh i don't know if the tour still happened or not with covid but i i'm pretty sure uh they were supposed to go out with kill switch um, they
1: are fucking huge like they keep getting bigger, like. And like shout out Matt Griner, that boy is a fucking machine on the drums. Like, <laughs> holy shit, he is so good on the
0: drums. So were there were there records that you were learning front to back? Or, or like what what was the, what were, what were, if not the album, what were some of the albums that got you going down the rabbit hole? Because it sounded like the Ramones were kind of the gateway for you into that whole scene. Like for me in metal, it was definitely uh, Metallica. And then corn, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've an older brother who's six years older than me, shout out Brandon. And uh, I wanted to be like him when I was a kid, but, um, in the mid nineties, you know, that was when Metallica was like taking crap from people. Cause they cut their hair and they, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They got away from the, the thrash metal sound and people were like, what are they doing? But actually I, I still really love load and reload because I, I like started at the end and went back to the beginning with Metallica Do just you? because of the I mean, age I was, you, you know, you
1: still be, you still be rocking those albums?
0: Yes. Yeah, it's for real. I love um, Bleeding Me um, off a of load is one of my favorite, favorite Metallica songs. I still really love Until It Sleeps. Um, actually, I, I like their drums in Until It Sleeps, too. That was the first that was actually the first. So do you remember and, and I don't know if kids listen to this will remember this. They, they might not even know what a CD is, if not Google it. But so when when albums and CD sales were, were huge in the 90s, like that's what you did. You went and got the CD. Do you remember when they would put out like they would put out the teaser? So basically like how bands now will they'll go like the singles route and they'll drop a couple of singles before they drop the record. Back in the day, they would release like those little EPs and they'd have like the single on it. And then they'd have like maybe one or two live tracks. And when I was uh, nine years old, the first CD I ever got, there's this place in Toledo and I don't know if it was a chain or not. I don't think it's around anymore, but it was called CD warehouse. And I had some Easter money for my grandpa. It was a Sunday, and I said, "Mom, can you take me down to CD warehouse? I want to get a Metallica CD." And and I, again, I'm I'm nine, so I don't I'm not an audiophile. I don't know anything. I don't know the names of any of the records or anything. I just know the Metallica logo. I know what that looks like because my brother. I I know obviously Enter Sandman and stuff. I'm a big sports fan. That's played at every arena, every game to this day, right? So we go to CD warehouse. My mom takes me down there. And I just see this, this CD under the M section and it's got almost like, uh, like in the movies where they show like those, like, I don't even know what they call them. Like those like block paintings and stuff. And they're like, what do you see? Like when the person's like yeah, with the therapist yeah, yeah. or whatever. And it kind of looked like that. And it said until it sleeps metallic on it. So I got that. We get back home. My dad, uh, worked in a warehouse, uh, for many years and, in and, uh, healthcare. So on the weekends, he always had the windows open And it had a nice entertainment center in the living room. I think those speakers still work to this day. So it sounded good in there. And and I have good memories growing up listening to Tom Petty and classic rock and Clapton and stuff with him. But so I put it in on the family CD player, man. And Until It Sleeps plays, right? And that's like, you know, it's not a vulgar song or anything like that. The very next track, and I think this is when James Hetfield was like still drinking. um, He's just MFing it, like all up and down the song. And my mom hears it and she's like, oh, honey, you can't listen to that. So literally within hours of getting that CD, I had to go, we had to go back to CD Warehouse, return it. I still remember the dude's face like behind the counter. He's a young guy kind of laughing a little bit. But anyway, so they were, they were my gateway band and then it was Corn, uh, Then it was Creed, but those were my gateway bands, dude. So for you when you were learning drums like do you remember that first album where you're like i got to learn the drums on this or was there an album musically like front to back that you just wore out you couldn't put down
1: once i discovered rush
0: heck yeah man
1: that's all i got to say yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah what what do you remember the first rush record you listened to
1: ooh see with uh i got into it so it's probably just like on some like greatest hits and like looking up like this song and that song um but once i started like diving in and i started listening to you know albums and 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 looking at albums by bands and and shit instead of just listening to individual songs just i like their whole discography um but late 70s rush uh when they were just like fucking progressive and it's like the chops were crazy and they were doing like 10 minute songs that were just like going to the like not that I could play them from the back but like that's the shit that I'm looking at where it's like until someone is talking about me at that level I don't know if I could put down the drumsticks so that's a journey that is still going on
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Neil, Neil, well, I guess some people say Pierre too. I never knew what the correct way to say it was, but Mm -hmm. obviously uh, a friggin' drum god, man. And and I think what's crazy about them too, and you'll obviously know this because you are a huge you know Rush guy. It sounds like, but the fact that like three dudes made that music too, like that's three people playing all that. It's crazy when you think about it. You know what I mean? Now I don't know who else they had maybe at live shows, but but I mean the fact that three dudes that that all came from their their heads and their fingertips is insane to me.
1: Uh, rush. I mean, I, I it's it, this is now in like uh, like a you know what I mean like a broken record at this point point in time. But like yeah, rush is that band. Like no one's fucking with them musically. Like no one's fucking with them, and everybody at this moment in time knows that
0: for sure, man. So what was your your first gig behind the kit? What was that? What was that first band?
1: Yeah, <laughs> good question. Um, because. I would love to get into that. Uh, in ninth grade, uh, my, my friend Kyle fucking Patrick Caffrey, who is still the dude in Advocat who I'm still making music with now came down to my crib was just like, yo, boom, I got this first act drum kit, like come up like blah, blah, blah. I heard you might be able to play the drums. Uh, so we formed a little group like me and a couple other people, um, probably like ninth grade. Uh, we played, um, like a a a gymnasium of like a you know i mean uh there there were there's at that moment in time in that area there was a lot of like like uh religious youth uh uh i guess groups or whatever
0: yeah yeah so
1: like there's a there's a lot of different like big buildings that were taken up by these like youth groups that obviously like would let to let yet let the youth hold events there so like big open gyms at like youth group buildings um on like a friday or saturday night on like a saturday in like ninth grade um and we had like real bands playing and shit like you know i mean because with it being lancaster county it'd be like oh yo circus circus who is like a local legend like come play but this was before they were you know what i mean like so we were playing with bands that would then return the favor and be like, Oh, do you guys want to play like the chameleon club and shit like that? We'd be like, What? Um, so ninth grade, I want to say, uh, yeah, ninth grade, it was, ah, uh, yeah, ninth grade at it was a fire hall. I can't remember the place, but I remember Kyle was singing and he had a wham t shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 what I remember from it
0: nice do you remember that rush you had playing in front of people like for for the first time like that was that was were were you nervous or 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 is there just when once you get behind the kit like that you're just like ready to go
1: i was made for this
0: yeah yeah i was made
1: for this you know i mean like i'm a robot so it's just like this is my universe like the universe gave me this ability so if i am nervous then why you know i mean like what the fuck that's a waste of ability so nah i just i was made for this
0: yeah man I I have a lot of respect for the drums too because you you're the backbone you know what I mean the, in any band in any any genre of music it's you're you're the backbone of 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 the operation you know and I mean I've I, there's so many there's so many players that I love but I think what's really cool you know as somebody who's a big fan of the guitar like what I really respect about the drums is like you can hear flavor in the drums too, you know, for sure. You can hear flavor. And I don't, I don't just mean like fills and stuff like that, but just the way people play and their feel, man. And like having friends and music and stuff like that's something that really, really fascinates me. Like, I love Morgan Rose from seven dust. Um, you know, I love, I love Gozier's whole sound. Uh, but Mario behind the kit is a friggin' monster. I, Bron Daler from Mastodon, like there's so many players that I could yeah. name, but dude, like, um, for you, man, obviously in punk, Travis Barker, you know what I mean? But, but for you, man, in terms of like feel, um, you mentioned just that natural ability. Like, did it come pretty quickly for you behind the kit as far as like, the feel, of the drums, tempo, patterns, and that kind of thing. And what, who, who, who did you study, or like, what kind of things did you look up as you learned to play, or was it just, just, just feel, or, or just trying to learn stuff by ear?
1: Um. So, I am a big person of to do something. You have to do it, as I already said before. Um, right. So I just sit behind the kit and play, and I play and I play, and I will come home from work, and I will play, and I will wake up in the morning on Saturday, and I will play, and then I will wake up on Sunday, and I will play, and when I'm writing parts, I will creatively play, you know what I mean? So, uh, naturally, I had the ability to recognize that I could do this, but I feel a lot of action, like, you don't need to have feel to physically act. So yeah, I guess I was given the ability to have the feel behind it, but as far as getting better and proving um, that was just me with my head down behind the kit, obviously yeah. like you study people. I'm a student of the game. I watch drum videos all the time. I don't watch drum solos. I'll watch like isolated people playing like songs and I'll, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll listen to people who actually recorded before people who've been in the been there done that and I'll just say what did you do and I'll I'm a student of the game but when it comes to my practice I literally will just sit down and I will play something until I get it down and if it's not good enough then I come back the next day and and hit it again
0: that's so true man I think you know it's it's funny you say that because people I feel like people you know when they see people doing something they're like oh you're killing or you're doing whatever and they go you know what what's your secret what's and it's just like dude like you just If you eat it, live it, breathe it, and sleep it, you'll be it eventually. You know what I mean? It's just like you said. It's putting your head down. It's it's practicing. I mean, I was terrified the first time I was behind a camera with a microphone in front of my face, and I've done messed up multiple times. But that's (laughs) like you know, that's how you learn. You know what I mean? So that's that's cool to hear you say that. So you mentioned the the tie-in with advocat. Um, Obviously, the dark patterns EP just came out on on twelve twenty two, but. So yep. you guys have stayed in touch all this time, even from back in the day when you were when you were youngins, man.
1: One of my best friends.
0: Yeah, so so take me through. So for people listening to this, Danny has the big Eleanor Records imprint. And just in, in 2021 alone, Advocat came out with the Dark Patterns EP. You guys also had the Mariana EP in October from, is it Shaw Calhoun? Am I Shaw saying that Calhoun. right? Yep. And then – um You've also put out a uh, homemade ski mask, uh, Red Ball Blue Chicago, uh, right about a year ago, is recording this, right? It was January 15th of 21. Yep, I guess
1: it was a year ago.
0: It's crazy how time flies, man. Um, you're doing skateboard decks. Uh, you guys did one, um, Thank a First Grade Teacher, last mm. February, where the proceeds went to help buy supplies for first grade classrooms in Chester County, which was really cool mm. that you guys partnered up and did that charitable thing. You also did uh, the Don't Be a Square skate deck in august just a few months back so you've got your hands in a lot of stuff man but just take me through and i'm sure you've talked about this before in other interviews and stuff but for people listening to this like like we're talking about i think a lot of people are like oh i want to do this or do that and it's just like well if you want to start a podcast you just got to do it you know if you want to learn how to play the drums you just got to do it but starting a record label man and and putting out releases that does take a certain you know a certain moxie, a certain drive. So just take me through that process of eventually getting to the point where you're like, Hey man, you know, I want to do big Eleanor records.
1: Yeah. Um, so 2020, I spent a lot of time in a back room with at work, at work just by myself physically working with my hands, but mentally I wasn't doing anything. So While I was doing this, my other day job, blah, 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 whole other thing. Um, I was just getting hit with inspiration. I was just in a back room, just smoking unlimited weed, listening to whatever music I wanted to. And I was just getting hit like the universe just knew that uh, it's time to tap me in. It's time to tap me in and just, Daryl hit me with all this. I was planning all this shit, all 2020. Actually, let's take a step back. 2017 or 2018 is when I had the idea to release four projects with four different songwriters because fucking shout out MF doom, rest in peace, MF doom, what he was doing in the early two thousands was fucking ridiculous. So I wanted to kind of emulate and pay respect to him. And I wanted to partner, I, I know a bunch of good songwriters. So I wanted to partner with a bunch of people and release a bunch of different projects under different names. Like MF doom was doing like with alter aliases and blah, blah, blah. So I fucking did that 2020 came and I just started, boom, pounding out releases. Uh, you listened to two, but the two that you, that are not big Eleanor kind of before big Eleanor, uh, a mat, the band, the project called mangled bones, shout out, Cody, mangled bones. Uh, and then a project by a group called the black cat by the cemetery. And with those two, and then I guess the, the debut EP of advocate yikes. So with those three plus, uh, homemade ski mask. That was when I completed the four projects with four people, but what would be the next step after that? So what, what naturally comes after that? I was just studying a bunch of people. Okay. I, I, I absorbed everything from like the dooms and, and the LPs and the people who are just dropping at crazy rates. What is the next step? What is the next thing to push my ability forward? Okay. There's people who are dropping music putting it out themselves and in the middle of everything uh, look at like result records, like West side gun, like people like that. Yeah. Um, so I started like watching how they moved and it just was hit me with inspiration. Yo, you can play the drums. You can put out music. Guess what? You can control how much rock music you put out. No one's making better punk music than you. So you can control the punk output, go out of your way, find a hip hop artist to connect with. Luckily I was able to connect with the fucking crazy artist in Shaw uh, and there is a lot of trust there. Uh, he trusts me. I trust him. There's so much trust. Trust is a big thing when doing this. Yeah. Trust is a huge thing when doing anything and you want to commit to it. So there's a lot of trust there. Um, but it was basically the want to push my ability. I knew I could put out. I've always been working on two projects at one time, writing for two projects at one time. Always. I'm a fucking computer. I can do that. So what is the next ability when I only have one project going, obviously my mind's racing. So that was when I was like, okay, I can put stuff out with the homemade ski mask. That shit's going to be good enough. I need to connect with the rapper. Boom. Let me just like do my research and, and, and focus on that. And then the skateboards, I was lucky, luckily to get hooked up with a good resource. Uh, so I was able to, as long as I just designed them quick enough, I can get them out as fast as I want. Um, so I think it was just the want to push what I could do as far as it could go. Uh, I was hit with so much inspiration that it just, if I sat on this, like all this stuff would happen at some point in time. I just condensed it to the shortest amount of time as possible in a year, but send, I'm someone who has ideas and I don't not really like do stuff when I have the idea. So I had the idea for the thank you, first grade teacher skateboard for a year before it came out. So it's just like, I have the, all this stuff planned and, and blah, 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 um, but it's basically it's all been planned, uh, just bunch of inspiration in 2020 and just acting in 2021 just to kind of push myself as far as I could as a human. And the data came back and it shows I am not a fucking human. I am a robot. <laughs> and I'm just, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, wait for this year, I guess, obviously, which is a corny thing to end all that on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, man, that's it's cool because I, I feel like, you know, 2020 and 2021, I think were were challenging for a lot of people, myself included. But I, I relate to, I mean, I didn't start a record label, but I relate to I had the seeds of this almost three years ago with this podcaster. I'm like, I want to bring it back. I talked to my brother, I wanted to revamp it, change the name. You know, I took some inspiration from from people that I listened to in podcasting and thought about what I could bring to the table. And then I did a couple of episodes and then I stopped and and I, and I hate when I do that. You know what I mean? Cause I I like to think that I'm not a quitter. If if I start something, momentum's
1: hard to get too. So once you get that momentum, you don't want to slow it down.
0: Yeah. So I I did a couple episodes in 2019 and then when the pandemic hit in 2020 came around, um, you know, living by myself, being in isolation, working from home. I was like, dude, there's no better time than right now. There's no better time to connect with people. There's a lot of people who are at home isolated too. Like I feel like, you know, you can use these conversational skills and your ear and listening and 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 your and just your love for for music and connecting with people and perseverance like this is when you need to do this. You know, and I think that's if there's one positive that's come out of all the craziness in the world the last 2 years is I think it gave a lot of people the opportunity to hit that reset button, man, and really focus on who and what's really important to them, you know.
1: I, I agree I don't uh I don't like to obviously I'm just over the pandemic talk like the pandemic isn't my main influence but I agree where it's just like when you're at home and because like fuck when I before I did like all this like I was like not doing it as hard I was just like playing video games and I was like well what the fuck like I can't just sit here and play video games all fucking you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, there was yeah so much time like there's so much time so it's just like what the fuck are you gonna do is basically what it is. Like the universe is just looking at people, just like, all right, what the fuck are you gonna do? Like you have the ability to do whatever the fuck you want to do. Prove yourself to me. Is that this was that was what it was. it was? Basically, like, all right, if you want to prove yourself, here is your chance to prove yourself. You got free fucking money and free time, which is even more valuable than money. Prove yourself.
0: And, yeah, it's just it's just walking yeah. through that door, you know. When when those doors open, you know, and and I think. And I think what's cool, what I like about the stuff that you guys did in 2021, man, was that um, each of them has a different it, different vibe. You know, Advocat, I, I would say, you know, having listened to it through a, a few times, uh, Caffeine is definitely my favorite. I love Caffeine a lot. I just, the vibe of that one is just so my jam. Um, uh, and, and I really enjoyed Tonight, too. On Shaw's, I, I really liked, I hope I'm saying it right. I don't know if it's Hate All Zone or hat All Zone. And hard. <laughs> um and then uh, Homemade Ski Mask, and, and for people listening to this, I, I'm going to link all this in the podcast description, but so Advocats, definitely punk or pop punk, however you want to say it, but Homemade and, and Shaw's rapping, obviously, but I, I really like it because it's got, it's, it's got some, like, um, the beats I really like. It's stuff you can really vibe out to, you know, there's some mm-hmm. piano in there. I need to be
1: rapping his ass off.
0: Yeah man. Yeah. And, and and then Homemade Ski Mask and in, in Red Ball Blue Chicago that's like in your face like pedal to the floor like punk music like Shooter um sperry Stomp I I would say those are probably my two favorite on that one. I I definitely th- think there were some some of political threads in, in in that um in both of those but uh but yeah, I really I really enjoyed all of them man. Um so I think say, you
1: crazy crazy thing about Shooter uh, the, the no justice, no peace chance at the end was taken from like a video that I took on my phone documenting me in the middle of Lancaster City streets the day after George Floyd, Floyd was killed. Oh, wow. So like those are, that's like an authentic documentation of Lancaster City streets right outside the police station the day after. And it's just like, obviously I didn't, uh, it's not to like, oh no, like, use it to my advantage type thing but just like I, I heard that I took like a quick video because it was just so bone chilling I want to document and Then later on in the recording process I was like yo this is just so relevant to this song doesn't make sense and so I just that's just a like crazy fact about that song where it's like dude that <laughs> yeah I, I forgot all about that till I just said that that is crazy like yeah it's a like real video video footage of the real crowd the restless motherfuckers in Lancaster, like that was crazy. That shit was crazy. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, man. I I can't believe we're coming up on two years since then. Um, but yeah, I did just gosh, what a what a time to be alive. But yeah, that those those songs really stuck out to or stuck out to me on on uh, on that one, man. But um, and, and again, I, I think you're showing off your ability behind the drums because I mean, a song like Caffeine in comparison, obviously to like Shooter. Or Come you know, on. Sperry Stomp is is so Talk much more. Talk my shit
1: for me. Talk my shit for me. You know,
0: it's 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 two completely different vibes. Like caffeine almost gave me like. um, Oh man, I, there's always failure in comparison, so I hate comparing things. But for people <laughs> listening to this, it took me back to kind of like almost like uh, like an 80s vibe a little bit. Ah, uh, like yeah, yeah. The guitar, uh, the guitar too, for yep. sure. The
1: dude, the dude was was pulling a lot of influences from like the Smiths and like Morrissey and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah and like the sound effects like the the synthesizer and like the effect yeah um
0: yeah just yeah. that guitar that do 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 i was like oh yeah yeah. Yeah, it yeah, sound, yeah yeah
1: it's got that 80s vibe to it yeah 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 Uh we used some special amp the guys are gonna be mad that i don't remember the amp because it was like a cool fucking amp but i don't know shit about <laughs> guitar amps we used a cool amp for that song <laughs>
0: yeah man that that was it was fun man um but yeah the homemade ski mask stuff like that's to me that is definitely like when you're talking about basement shows and stuff like i can i can just put myself at like frankie's inner city in toledo which was uh man i hope that venue opens up back up again but it's just it's a it's a small venue they honestly could do like uh and they have done like um like some some toledo you know music history documentary type stuff on it but um Dude, so many people played. So Toledo, for people listening to this, um, and for people for for reference, where Danny is, he's he's not too far from Philly. You said about an hour outside of the Philly area. Yeah, so I go they, I go
1: to Philly, go to Philly frequently. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Toledo is Toledo is about an hour south of Detroit. It, it's like our attic. So there's a lot of shows in my lifetime before I started getting into music that that I you know I wasn't even aware of. But like everybody from like the White Stripes you know what would come through uh you know local h um i mean the amount of shows that happened at frankie's was insane i think i want to say smashing pumpkins way back in the day played there i mean they're from, they're um, from
1: up near that area what's that i said they're from up near that area so that would make sense
0: yeah yeah so yeah like the white stripes would come down from detroit and play um and then um the black keys would also play in Toledo. They were, they would play like a Sunday show. Um, and I don't think it was at Frankie's. I think it was another venue downtown, but uh, not Manhattan's the name is escaping me right now, but, um, but they would play there on like Sundays to nobody. And, and so kind of like what you're talking about with August burns red, man. Like, it's just, I think people forget when they see these bands playing the Grammys or getting Grammy nominated or playing to, you know, 50,000 people, they forget that at, at some point, man, you know, Dave Grohl was in 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 some crappy van that could have broke down at any point. You know, going across America, just playing yep. music because he loved to just bang on the drums, man. And I think it's just, I think it's just a lesson. It's like you you if you love something, you just have to go after it, man. Because nobody. It's those things you do when nobody's watching that really make all the difference because exactly. that shows how much you love something, you know?
1: Exactly. Because somebody is watching. You're more important than anyone else. You're always watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what do you do when no one's watching. There's always somebody watching.
0: Yeah. We all got to go to bed with ourselves every night and wake up with ourselves every morning, man. So yeah, I think whatever, whatever's tumbling around between the ears, you know, if there's something you love to do and there's an itch you have to scratch, you have to scratch it. You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, I think for me, I, I go A to Z a lot. I don't know if you're like that. You mentioned being like, like a robot and, and being able to multitask. But, you know, I, I have to remind myself, not that I skip steps, but I, I often think about the end result or I think about what's the worst that can happen. And it's like, dude, just start at A and then go to mm-hmm. B and then go to C. So I've, I've learned as I've gotten older to slow down and do that. Mm-hmm. Is that how your brain is, too, when you multitask, man? Or are you able oh, to man. compartmentalize?
1: So I have the ability i don't know how else to say it i have the ability to time travel so i have the ability to jump and live three months in the future or live in the present um meaning i can go i'm always i'm all, i can always go from one to the other uh i always get in trouble when i'm trying to live both like you were saying it's like you gotta be day to z. but i have days where i exist three months in the future and i don't think anything day to day and i'm just like worried about what the end result is and then zoom come right back to the present and then you are just working only in the present so uh fortunately i can go back and forth uh and i'm pretty good at separating the two from day to day to three months in the future but uh yeah not to not to sound like a fucking weirdo but i feel like (laughs) I can, you know what i mean like i got that I can, I can do that. I have the ability to jump back and forth.
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense because I think, I think being able to visualize that and put yourself in like, okay. Cause I think there's something to be said with like, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I really have to teach myself to be present, be in the moment because my mind is like a hamster in a wheel and it's, it's just, it's really hard to slow it down. But I think there's something to be said with, with having the ability to see the big picture and things and see where a leads to, you know what I mean? And, and what that, what that step is, you know, three months in advance or three years in not, advance. Not you know?
1: many people have the ability to do that. And I'm going to, I'm a shout out my mom on, on blessing me with that ability. Uh, she would, she's a first grade teacher. Obviously that would be the influence of the board and everything. Um, But like, yo, give it up for them real elementary school teachers, because like, they have to live such a, not many occupations make you have to be so day-to-day and long-term thinking every exact second of every single day. So I thank her for blessing me with that ability to be able to have the long-term thinking with that extreme day-to-day tedious thinking.
0: Yeah, especially little kids, man. I mean, you want to talk about short attention spans, but also <laughs> but also with, with children just... I mean, there's stuff now that I can trace back to my childhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, like that impact that, you know, educators have. Um, I still remember my first grade teacher, Mrs. Dixon. That's, she was, that's she what was gonna say. Like, awesome. was
1: going to say. If you have a good first grade teacher, and it's like crazy because I'll get like, my mom's been teaching long enough now that uh, like people that she taught are adults and shit like that. So it's like, yeah. I will see people who are like 20 years old who are like, like, well, we get like, she'll go somewhere and someone work will be like, oh shit, like, Miss Norton, like, you were my first grade. And it's like, dude, you never forget, like, if you have a good first grade teacher or something like like you never forget it. And like that, it, it's crazy to see that. Like, yeah, for real.
0: Yeah, dude, I love Mrs. Dixon. She was so cool. I don't know if she's still around or not. That was, gosh, that was 1995 when I was in first mm-hmm. grade. So we're talking 27 years ago. That's, that's yeah. insane. But um, yeah, yeah, shout out the shout educator, Shout out mom. Man. Shout yeah. out
1: mom. Mrs. Norton, best fucking first grade teacher in the world. Shout out Miss Swisher. If you're still teaching second grade, best second grade teacher in the world. <laughs> man, you guys are holding it down and have been for years for real.
0: Yeah, the educators, man. I've, there's a few of them in my family. My aunt was a, a behavioral specialist for gosh, probably uh, around 40 years for for Toledo Public Schools. Uh, I have a cousin, shout out Lindsay, who's a, a counselor and uh, you know trying to do, do assistant principal and stuff. I mean, it's um, the stuff that they see and they do, man. I they, they 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 really truly don't get paid enough, man. It's crazy. It's crazy.
1: My mom will fucking like. My mom teaches in at Coachville Elementary, which uh, uh, not isn't like the, the craziest, like wealthy as a whole school district. So like she'll fucking like, dude, this is how real that she this is how real she is. Like, she will go out and buy Halloween costumes for kids, knowing that some kids probably won't have them. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, she'll just like go out and buy like five, six, seven Halloween costumes and shit. Like, I'll just open the closet, I'll be like fucking kid Halloween costumes. Like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? And then, like, you got kids, like, tied up in the basement right now or some shit. And it's like, nah, it's for school or whatever. And I'm like, yo, that is, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's shit like that. Like, that is, that's some real shit to me. You know what I mean? Like, that is some real shit. That is the true inspiring shit, like, for real.
0: Yeah, man. If, if you have good teachers or good mentors, good coaches as a kid, that, that stuff goes a long way into adulthood, you know, 100% Um, because like like we're just talking about like i still i still remember i still remember mrs dixon very very well man um i want to ask you about the name for big eleanor too how did you come up with the name for big eleanor records
1: and the logo because the
0: logo for people who don't know and i'll i'll I'll, again all the links will be in the podcast description but it's that's that cool dog logo i I dig it man that's that's a very it's very simple and straight to the point but also very cool at the same time
1: yes thank you appreciate it uh So Eleanor is a dog that, uh, my, my now wife, uh, had, uh, she was 15. She passed away maybe two or three years ago. Um, and so I, I, I guess had her in my life for like five, six years or whatever, but when it was time to name the, like the record or the company or whatever I'm doing, I was just like, you know what I mean? Like, trying to bounce ideas around myself. And it was like, I don't want to name it after myself. Like everyone's just like, Oh, you're going to name it like no, no records. Or, you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to name it after myself. So I was like, all right, what is something that will make not only just people in general know that this ain't about my, this ain't about me, this is bigger than me. uh, But the people that actually care and support the most from day one being, you know, grace. And then, you know, people like that. uh, How do I show them that this ain't about me? This is about all of us. Um, so that name just kind of came to me, um, and then I reached out to one of Grace's really good for Grace would be my wife or the old the owner of Eleanor or whatever. Uh, reached out, reached out to one of her really good friends who's a graphic designer and had her do the logo. So I kind of tied it all around, you know, her more than myself because I just. I, I don't have the ability to do too much like crazy shit in the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to like, I may make money, but I don't have like crazy money. I don't have the the thoughtfulness of like crazy thoughtful gifts. The way that I feel like I can give back to the people who I actually care about and who have gave me knowledge and gave me love and gave me support is to do this to the fullest of my ability for them. So this is just one of my many attempts to show grace like this is about you like this ain't about me like this is about you like you know i mean like this is about our family this is about the support that you've shown me this is about just the love and and the the continual just ongoing everything that you do so that's that's kind of where the name came from
0: that's really cool man and like i said i love i love the logo shout out to her to her friend man because yeah
1: Lena Lena potter She's like in like serious graphic design shit. So if you're like a weird, crazy metalcore band or have an inappropriate logo, don't hit her up. But if you just like <laughs> on some normal shit, hit her up. She's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I I dig it. I dig it. Well, and and again, getting back to the music, man. Um, I, I again just I the diversity in the releases that that the the links to the stuff that you sent me with 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 advocat and. Shaw Calhoun and Homemade Ski Mask. I I, I really love it, man. Um, as you're going through, as you're going through those, um, talk to me a little bit about, because um, so, you, you played the drums on Advocat and Homemade Ski Mask, right? Correct. And then Shaw is just, you just mentioned, like he's part of, he's part of this big Eleanor family. Yeah,
1: correct. Yeah, me and him, I guess that's more of like brainstorming manager type of uh, promotion type of territory, I guess.
0: So, talk to me about those different vibes for the stuff that you've played played drums on, man. How how fun is it to to kind of go back and forth between between those? Because again, they're both punk, but like one is way more bombastic, you know, and the other one I would say is more. Um, it's more it's more music that you, you you know you can. I mean, it's still it's still got an energy to it. Advocate for sure, but it's yeah. it's a it's a completely different wave than homemade ski mask, man. Yeah, it
1: it it, it was fun because I. Like I was saying, I'm a student of the game. Uh, and as all good creatives will say, they aren't, cre- they aren't, I'm not making anything new. I'm just taking inspiration and updating it and, and interpreting it. So I'm not doing anything new. So it was cool that I, cause I got to, like, I have lists on my phone of different inspirations. Like these are the five, six, seven albums that I listen to nonstop for this album. These are the five, six, seven bands and albums I listen to nonstop for this album. And it was fun because I got to go back from one to the other. There's a lot of like crossing over because it's still me personally, but there's specific albums that like, clearly I was drawn for, for this one. And there's specific albums that clearly I was pulling for this one. Um, The homemade ski mask. uh, Obviously you got that idols influence. Uh, I'm a big fucking fan of screaming females. They're one of my favorite They're No, they are the best band that's been going around for the past 10 years. Um, uh, show Me the Body, bands like that for the homemade ski mask. And then for the um uh, I really got into the Strokes this past year. And I, I think Avocat is a good Mary of the Strokes and Joy Division. That's, where, that's what I pulled together for those ones. So, um, yeah, just lots of different sounds, influences, literally hitting the drums different fucking, <laughs> like different fucking hardnesses.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we can make it a word, man. Hardness is, that is a, for sure a word. We're talking about music. There's a lot of words that come out of music. Um, yeah, dude, I like I said, uh, I really dig it. And Advocat I just saw, is, is getting played on, what, was it Canadian Waves Radio? I just saw that. You you posted about that.
1: Yeah. Um, Avocad's been getting a lot of love. Obviously, it's a good album. Uh, Kyle fucking worked the fuck out. He's a brilliant songwriter writes catchier hooks and your favorite artists like ed sharon watch the fuck out like fuck out of here like we got kyle coming up um yeah it's been getting a lot of love i've been i do a lot of the behind the scenes for promotion so it was actually it was cool too to like see that like there's just a lot of moving parts that when you see the end result being a random song on our album being played on like a canadian station that just like makes us wag our tails because it was a lot of hard work to make that happen.
0: Yeah. Especially to see something go north of the border, man. That's, that's, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's gotta be tripped out to, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like this is getting played in a, another country, man. I'm you not know, even
1: allowed to physically go to Canada, I think. Cause I think I still have a DUI on my record. Yeah.
0: But my music. That's what I'm saying. My music's yeah. up
1: there, but I'm not even allowed up there like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. It always, yeah. I mean, even, even with this podcast, and I'm not saying this to like, Pat myself on the back or anything, because I, you know, the listeners of the show know I'm not like that at all. But um, when I see downloads from other countries, it always trips me out because it's like you never imagine as a little kid that like somebody's mm-hmm. going to hear your voice across. Nah, the listen, ocean, talk you know? your
1: shit, homie. Talk your shit. <laughs> Come on, talk your shit. That's what we're here for.
0: <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, before we wrap it up, Danny, and thanks again so much for the time, man. It's been great to learn more about you and your story and what you're doing. But uh, I, we touched on a little bit um, when we first when we first talked on the phone, even before we did this podcast. But I know you're a big sports guy, too. Uh, yeah. If you look up the homemade ski mask stuff, you're wearing a, a, a Philadelphia Flyers jersey, right?
1: Shout out Team and.
0: Yeah. So, so I gotta, I gotta talk some sports with you a little bit, man. Uh, and and we were, we were talking about Coatesville too, right? Were we talking about that with Rip Hamilton? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That that actually, I got the Coatesville shirt on for this. Uh, yeah. yep. That's, I was born in, Co- in Coatesville.
0: Yeah. So for people listening to this, uh, I'm a huge Detroit Pistons fan. I know, I know I don't talk too much sports on here, but I'm a huge Pistons fan. I'm wearing my Pistons beanie right now. You guys can't see uh, yeah. it. I've had this thing for like probably 14 years now. Um, I won't throw it away until it falls apart. And even then I'll be really sad, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, Philly is obviously, you know, in Pennsylvania just as a state. I mean, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. You have the big 33 game every year, which is a huge high school football state, but, but beyond football, I mean, you've got hockey, baseball, mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. basketball. So, Talk to me about growing up out there, man. Like, are you Philly? I think we talked about this a little bit, but Mm -hmm. uh, are you Philly everything? Yes, Okay. fucking
1: M. And if you aren't around here, people will say, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Um, Lancaster County is like the cutoff where it's like, uh, Lancaster County is like the last cutoff area from Philly where like you will get a lot of Pittsburgh fans. Yeah, you can get some like Baltimore fans. Um, But I wasn't born in Lancaster. I was born closer, a little bit closer to Philly. So where I'm from, it's just like, yo, you rock the Eagles fucking green on Sunday. And, you know, the Flyers are fucking booty, but you still root for them. And, you know, the Sixers are the process and fuck them. And like the Phillies are, I don't even know where they're at at this point, but just like, you know that you have to do these things. So, yeah, all Philly, everything. Um, I can't say fuck the Detroit teams because they've just been irrelevant. Also, like the most irrelevant <laughs> city in fucking sports right now. Like I was worried about talking about sports, but then I remembered like, you're coming with the Red Wings. You're coming with the Pistons. You're coming with the Lions. Like get that shit out of here.
0: <laughs> hey man, hey, 313 all day. uh well, 4- 419 <laughs> for me. But yeah, man, like I, um, you know, I- I've lived long enough now, man, that I remember when um the Red Wings were, they were the team that, that you know, if you're a Wings fan, you love them. Everybody else hated them because they were winning, uh, I man. Them.
1: I fucking, the the early 2000s and, like, mid-2000s Red Wings, like, Pavel Datsuk, like, come on. Like, that bull was fucking crazy. Like, ah. Like, Hedrick Zetterberg, probably the best backhand in the game at that point in time, and, like.
0: I want to say Lindstrom. the first time I saw Datsuk, uh, just to interject real quick, when you said Datsuk, it, it made me oh. think of a memory because I, I hate interrupting people. But Dude, no, like, we can talk
1: about paddle Datsuk all fucking night for real. I want
0: to say the first the first time I saw him, and again, my apologies for, for jumping in because I don't like interrupting people, but nah, nah, it, just, nah, it, hit, nah. it hit this memory that I, I haven't thought about, about it in a minute, minute. But I was a freshman in high school, and my dad surprised me on my birthday, and he's like, hey, I'm going to pick you up. We're going somewhere, and he picked me up with my stepmom. I can't even remember if they were married yet, but my birthday present was a Red Wings game, and I want to say they played the Phoenix Coyotes, and I think that was my first time. So we're talking like 2003. I Mm. think that might have been my first time seeing Pavel Datsuk in person, and um, I want to say he got a hat trick. I'm going to have to find that game. People are probably going to call BS on me, but I'm I'm (laughs) telling you, man, I vividly remember seeing that dude the first time. Because Sergei Fedorov was was dope as well. Obviously, Steve Eiserman Again, whether you love the Red Wings or not, and you know, I'll get my shot in since you got your shot in on Detroit. We did beat the 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 Philadelphia, and I am saying we because I'm a fan. Beat the Flyers in '97, but the first yeah, time I saw Datuk, man, it was it was. I I still vividly remember the way that dude skated. The he was no. just such a wizard.
1: Pavel is so fucking good. Like he he's probably without thinking about it, one of my top three favorite non-Flyers NHL players in my lifetime. Like, so fucking enjoyable to watch. Like, I'm about to watch a highlight reel when we get off this shit.
0: Yeah, man. I I Gosh, he was a legend, man. Um, Darren McCarty was my guy, though, man. I, I love Darren McCarty. So, 97, um, that was my first pro hockey game. Uh, my dad took us to see – he took my brother, Greg, and I to see them play the, the Mighty Ducks. And I remember it ended in a tie. So this is what's tripped out. So I saw the Red Wings in 1997. That was my first game uh, at pro hockey game. They tied against the Ducks. I want to say they tied in a shootout. I remember Sanderson scored, I think, for Detroit. And I think Paul Correa got a late one for Anaheim, like in the third period. And it ended up being in a tie. They won the Stanley Cup. I go see the Red Wings in 2002. Same thing. Game ends in a tie. They win the Stanley, cup. Stanley cup. And then I see him in oh three, that game. i am talk about with Pavel Datsuk. And they they uh that was like that was when things that, you know, they, they didn't win and they won that game, but they didn't win the cup. So I was like I had that superstition going. I'm sure you can relate to being a big Philly sports fan where oh, I was like, dude, God, dude, I kind of hope they tie when I see them because I saw <laughs> I saw them tie and they won Stanley Cups.
1: Bro, I when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, uh, I watched all of like I watched like because I watched the probably the last four games by myself, I watched the three playoff games like by myself to where we went to my parents' house for the Super Bowl and I went up to like my old bedroom and watched it by myself while everyone was downstairs <laughs> watching it together. And they fucking won, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, superstitious. I'm telling you, man. I I tell there's there's something I, I still I still remember that. Well, basketball-wise, you know, you, you mentioned you're rocking the Coatesville shirt, Riv Hamilton. Dude, that team, that 04 Pistons team, the going to work, Eric. love Piston. it, dude.
1: Yo, they were so grimy, yo, like Ben Wallace and shit. Like, come on, Chauncey Billups was so scrappy. Like, dude, you
0: can't. I don't know if you're gonna be able to see it because my camera's old, but so this picture. I have a picture right, right here um, on my wall. On one side is Michael Jordan. On the other side is Ben Wallace. My two, my two favorite NBA players. Yeah, ever, but, dude,
1: but, is it Ben Ra- Ben Wallace with the fro?
0: It is it's Ben Wallace <laughs> with the fro. Yes. Yeah,
1: dude, he was like dude, fear the was, fro. Yeah, dude, he was he was fucking grimy then. You know, like they were uh, they were tough. You know, that was that that's an enjoyable basketball team. to Like '04 Pistons, like. Fuck yeah. I'm a fan of the '04 4 Pistons for real.
0: I honestly think that there is actually a lot of, I mean I've never been to Philly, so I don't want to talk out of pocket, but from everything that I know about Philly sports and just even hearing the passion in your vo- voice, like, Philly is not a city that you come to. Whether you get drafted or you come as a free agent, you you can't dog it in Philly because fans will let you know. They'll let you know when you're not playing well, and and I actually think What's so cool about that Detroit Pistons team, man, and why they're one of my favorite teams ever in any sport is because they really embodied the, the, the blue collar work ethic of mm-hmm. the Pistons. Yo. And you guys to me had one of the, one of the most talented like blue collar dudes ever and, and Allen Iverson. And he came <laughs> to Detroit in that, in that, in that Chauncey trade at the end of his career and it didn't work out, but I got to see him when he was with the Pistons, but, and I was still cool to be able to see AI in person, but dude, I mean no one's no one
1: no one like yo especially living in this area like yo no one's fucking with AI dude AI was a fucking like dude immediately everyone around here just like Iris in jerseys Iris in shoes like just dude I yeah he's still, like he's the man like I, I fuck with him but like when he like at that moment in time like because I had older brother and shit it was like all about that like everybody and it was everyone in the league. Like, he transformed the league. Like, the fucking Sixers had hip-hop, the fucking, that rabbit mascot, just because Iverson was so fucking gangster that they had to bring in, like, a gangster rabbit to be their fucking mascot for, like, three years. You know what I
0: mean? Well, and they did the dress code thing. And if you look at the league now, like, it's it's almost everybody has tattoos, you know? And back mm-hmm. then, he it was, like, him and Dennis Rodman. You know what I mean? That was pretty, like, it was very mm-hmm. rare. Just, and I think people really don't give him credit for really being one of the, the the guys that carried in the next generation of superstars in the NBA. He he was one of those bridge players that after MJ retired that kept basketball Vince popular. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: him and him and Vince Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Reggie Miller's right there too.
0: Yep. And I Kobe obviously right who, who played at Lower Marion and Philly. Yeah, Kobe you know. and
1: Kobe and Shaq obviously. But man, that era um
0: I have a lot of nostalgia for that era. Because like you're saying, and that's what's cool talking to somebody who's close to my age, too, man. Cause you remember that. Like Iverson shoes, man. People, people wanted the Iversons. You know what I'm Come saying? On. Like
1: those things it, are so have you ever looked at a pair recently?
0: Uh, I've seen some of the retros they brought they're out. Fucking
1: ugly. Yeah, it it bums me out. Dude, it bums me <laughs> like <they're>,
0: out, <laughs> Dude, bums so me out like when they retro stuff and they don't they don't do it right. They're kind of they're cashing in. And again, I get it, like these companies where it's like, you know. They 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 don't have to put as much money into the product and but man like I re, I still remember how my first pair of Jordans smelled I still remember the mm. smell of that leather I wore those things until the outsole was falling apart and you could see literally the mm. air like you could see inside the shoe well, um, they made
1: you jump higher
0: they don't do they don't make them like they used to man <laughs> well well the and the, so the so the Eagles we got to talk about the Eagles a little bit yes. playing uh, Tampa now by the time this is out that that game will be in the books but I. I'm gonna go on record and say, because I, I watched that game when they when they only lost by what was it, four earlier that year, uh, earlier this year at the link in Philly, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Philly can 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 get them. And I'm not just saying that because you're a Philly dude and you're on this podcast. Like, yeah. I I wanted the Lions, I'll tell you this, because I thought it was going to be Stafford's last year. I wanted the Lions to take Jalen Hurts in the second round. Mm-hmm. I want because I was like, dude, okay. this dude, he's a worker. He's got he's got it. Whatever that is, he's got it. He doesn't get phased by any moment. Um, I still think he's got a lot of growth, but he's his—he's only in year two. I had him on my fantasy team this year. I wanted the Lions to take him. So when Philly got him, I was like, "Ugh!" not <laughs> that I wanted there to be a controversy with Stafford. But I, I thought Stafford was going to be on his way out. I thought at the end of his career and Detroit did him right. You know, they found him a good team. Uh, I'm he, happy they did, for they him. added
1: like three or four more years onto his career, too.
0: Yeah, I I mean, he and that's the thing, man. You know, that dude bled for the Lions, so I got nothing but love for Matthew Mm -hmm. Stafford, and I think we're the same age, and I I remember when he got drafted, but I really wanted them to take Hurts as, like, that guy for the future. So so what do you think, man? I mean, I know it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: um, I mean... But but Philly, but if there's a team that can talk that talk, you guys beat him in the Super Bowl, so...
1: Hurts has impressed me this year. He's come on late, and he is that scrappy guy. Like, you see him, like, he fucking will make... Like he he's making these third down conversions on it like himself. Like he's scra- like, you know what I mean? Like he's he is a players player. Like I, I he he's out there to play the game. Um Tom Brady's gonna win the fucking Super Bowl. It's fucking Tom Brady with the best offense in the league. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like what what am I supposed to say? Like they're not worse than they were going into this part last year, so why would they you know what I mean, like it's all yeah. rigged anyway.
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like that game could be closer than people think. I'll say that. I, I'll it's go on record close. and say all- that. I wouldn't be surprised if Philly won. I'll just say that.
1: All playoff games should be close in theory, but I, I feel—I honestly feel like Tampa Bay will probably like have the lead the whole game. Like it'll just be one of those things where it's like it might be close, but it's also where like Tampa Bay is also winning the whole game. They're just like up ten the whole game or some shit. I don't yeah. know. like Tampa's tough. Like uh, Tom Brady, it's Tom Brady.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Tom it Brady, is. It's hard. It's know. hard to bet against Tom Brady. What do you love or hate him, man? He's one of the greatest, probably the greatest to ever do it. But, um, and just to wrap it up on a hockey man, like I know our, our beloved my red wings in, in your flyers, you know, they've seen better days, but at the same time, I think there's some good young talent too. You know, like I'm watching Lucas Raymond and, and these young dudes, you know, more at cider, like, you know, you know, Larkin, like, Detroit's Detroit's got some good young guys. Steve Isen is back in the front office. Chris Draper is doing some scouting. Like I, I like the direction that Detroit's headed in. I know fans yeah. got to be patient because they they're used to those cups, but you know, Philly, Philly, I feel like is that market, dude. There's so much hockey history there that it's like, you know, it's going to, it's going to come back.
1: Um, Yeah. And, and having Steve Eiserman in on, in your front office is definitely a positive thing because uh when he was, like, he was on Tampa Bay and he got them to where they fucking are. Like, he was on Tampa Bay in, like, the mid-2000s and shit like that or, like, the late, like, two, early 2010s and shit and helped draft some of those players. Um, I don't know. Philly, I feel like they stunted their growth. Uh, I feel like um, Dave Haxtell as a GM was a pretty good GM and they just shit on him. Um, I feel like he drafted a good bunch of good young players that are still kind of coming up in the ranks. As you can tell, our defense is still super young and whatever. Um, they made a bunch of trades this off season and the team got so much fucking worse. I was not really enthused because I feel like Elaine Vignon is a regular season coach and he's not a playoff winner. So I wasn't really enthused to have him as a coach. Uh, Mike Yo is even worse. He's a fucking Elaine Vignon light basically. So I never had the most hope going for the Flyers, but I'm kind of always a little more realistic. They made a bunch of fucking trades this offseason, so I feel like it set them back because they thought they were going to be so much more, so they weren't building. I don't like where the Flyers are at right now as a franchise. Do I just think- got so deflated at the end of that sentence.
0: Oh, man, I'm sorry. Well, I didn't mean to bring it down. but, but- <laughs> Yeah, just
1: like <laughs> – <laughs> Like after all that random raving, like I am not like, I'm a fan, obviously I'll rock the flyers and whatever, but like, man, I saw a video, uh, earlier this year where it was like, maybe it was like all these like service people or whatever they're walking like their service dogs on the flyers. Like it was like either military police, I don't know. But one of the service dogs was just taking a stop and took a shit right on the center logo of the ice. And I was like, this is, this is it. This is the video of the season. This makes perfect sense.
0: <laughs> oh man, um, I'm I'm actually bummed because uh, Rob's I don't know what happened, but I remember listening to a Rob Zombie interview and he was supposed to do a movie about the the Flyers from back in the day. Yeah, I, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that too.
0: I don't know and what happened. He just fucking
1: did like another horror movie or some shit.
0: Yeah, man. I, somebody, somebody's <laughs> got to do, somebody's got to do, uh, d- and do it right on, on those teams from back in the day, man. Yeah, it was um, going
1: to be on the broad street bullies, right? It was going to be yep. like on the broad. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. I wonder if he's still like working on that at all. I don't know, man. I, it, anytime you hear about how movies get made, it seems like it takes like 10 years for somebody to just look at something. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's a whole world that that's a whole nother podcast on how that stuff gets financed. Well, to wrap it up on a positive note, Danny, um, again, man, I, I'm really glad you reached out. This definitely won't be the last time I have you on. I really want to stay in touch. And um, I really think you embody a lot of what this podcast is about in terms of perseverance and moving forward and just going after the things that you love, man. So thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast. I'll obviously put up the links in the podcast description, but for people who are unaware of what you're doing with Big Eleanor, man, let them know where they can find you.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to find me, I'm always outside walking my dog, Tito, run up, give me a handshake. I'll say what's up to you. If you like to use computers, Instagram, uh, Facebook, maybe. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we have an OnlyFans yet. Um, (laughs) TikTok, never. Um, I don't know. Find me in person. I'll say what's up to you.
0: Well, Danny, thanks again, dude. I really appreciate the time. I love what you're doing, and, and let's definitely stay in touch, man. I can't wait to see what you got going in 2022, brother.
1: Hell yeah. Thank you for having me on. Everyone out there, what's up? This is Danny Nono, Big Eleanor Records. Uh, the the ultimate fucking brainstormer here to take over the world, here to change the world, here to put a battery in everyone's back. <laughs>
0: dighty there you have it. That was my conversation with Danny Nono of Big Eleanor Records. Make sure you go follow them on Instagram, at Big L Records, and that is B-I-G-E-L Records, at Big L Records on Instagram. The links will be in the podcast description. Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast, my guy. I'm really humbled by you and others recently who have reached out to me, who are discovering the show and contacting me about getting on and, you know researching you and listening to the music and then the energy that you brought and just your vibe and your hustle and uh your talent and and the drive that you have to to do what you're doing man it it all fits completely within the march 4th framework of perseverance and moving forward putting your best foot forward every day and chasing down the things that you love man so thank you so much for reaching out And, and again i hope Everybody who listened to that conversation is as jazzed up as I am. I mean, I would run through a wall for this dude. His energy was fantastic. And that's what you want, man. You you, you know, in life, you guys, whatever that is for you, I hope you chase it. Whether it's music, whether it's arts of any kind, film, you know, um, music, uh, you know, sculpting, drawing, comics, whatever it is. I, I hope that you guys chase it down and you don't you don't. Convince yourself, or let other people to convince you, is a waste of time. Those things that we love that we don't ask for—I say it a lot—those are the things we have to pay attention to. Don't don't let that light in yourself die for the things that you enjoy. You know, if you love basketball, maybe like me, you know, you weren't good enough to, you know, to 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 even be on the high school like team past your freshman year, like I was. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, you know, but that doesn't mean you can't get into coaching. That doesn't mean you can't get into the behind the scenes stuff, whether it's broadcasting whether it is game day operations or working for a team of, uh, in some capacity, like don't let any perceived limitations, you know, dictate your future, man, you know, really stare your fears in the face. And again, I'm, that's a challenge to myself too, to not let fear get in the way of my life anymore. And I think I've overcome a lot and I, and I, and I still battle through a lot with anxiety and OCD and irrational fears and, beat myself up about past mistakes and regrets that I have from things that I've done before. And, you know, you got you to gotta learn to get in that headspace and, and condition yourself to focus on what's in front of you, focus on the things that you can do to better yourself, to improve yourself. And so uh, it's as much as for you as it is for me when I say these words, man. And so having a guy like Danny Nono on the show from Big Eleanor Records with his energy and his spirit and his vibe, that DIY mindset, just go out there and hustle and do it. And uh, put the effort in, and put the time, in, put in those ten thousand hours. um, You know what I'm saying? And and really, really put in the work to to do what you love to do. Because that's it too. Nobody, nobody wakes up an all star. Nobody wakes up a master. Even if, even if you have natural ability, you still have to practice. You still have to practice. There's umpteen examples over the years as a sports fan. And I hope you guys enjoyed our banter at the end. Him being a Philly guy, me being a Detroit sports guy. You know, um, there, there's plenty of examples along the way in my lifetime of of people who were talented, but they didn't have the drive, they didn't have the heart, they they were a little too full of themselves, and they didn't make it. You know, when you look at when you look at dogs out there, you know, whether it's an athlete, you know, athletics, excuse me, uh, music, you know, film, you know, people people grind for years. You guys, you know, we we see them once they hit the silver screen, or we see them hit the buzzer beater. Or score the game-winning goal, but we don't see the the thousands of hours, literally, that went into being prepared for those moments. You know, the hours spent in the gym, or you know, behind the mic, learning to edit, learning to shoot things. You know, working with people on on their independent productions. You know, bus and tables. You know, having people be crappy to them in service industry jobs so that they could just pay. To afford to buy a better amp for their sound studio, or afford to buy a better camera, you know, for for their their independent film, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Ironically, with the Philly tie-in, that's one of my favorite shows ever. And if you guys know anything about that story of how those guys started that show, like, I mean, the, the the odds of them getting to where they are, it's like. The, the The most common denominator that that's in everybody that I have either known personally or seen from afar and looked up to that's successful is it wasn't just talent that got them there, it was their drive, it was their hustle and in the face of like this is not happening or this is so ridiculous like they believed in their vision and eventually it came to fruition. you know what I'm saying, so I really believe in manifesting and you know, that it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Again, if you, if, even if you guys aren't fans of that show, go look up some YouTube interviews and stuff about how they got started. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really an awesome story about just doing what they love to do. And eventually somebody believed in their vision and took a chance on them and, and, and gave them a chance to, to, to do what they do. And here they are, Gosh, I think the first season was 2005. I was like a junior going into senior year of high school, and that was on FX, and I was just like, man, this show is hilarious. Um, and so it's just a reminder, man, to just keep chasing down those things that you love, you guys, and don't be afraid to take some risks and take some chances. And again, that's it's as much as for, for me as it is for you because, you know, therapy's helped me a lot, exercise, trying to get sleep, trying to trying to watch my diet. You know, all those things, those little habits, they all add up, you know, sticking to, sticking to things and seeing things through. So, you know, again, I just, uh, I really appreciate Danny coming on the show and I'm really humbled by everybody who's listening, by the positive feedback that I'm getting. If if anything, it's just, um, I would do this anyway because I love to do it, but it's just validating for me that that I'm on the right path with this thing. So, you know, much love to Danny and the Big Eleanor Records family, man. Uh, again, make sure you guys go follow them on Instagram at Big L Records. You can follow me on Instagram at March Fourth Pod, Twitter at Mike V Bauman, and that's V as in Victor. The host site's March Fourth If you want to head to that, you can listen to podcasts there. I have a bio section where you can learn more about me. Check out past feature stories that I've done. I think I linked one that I did with Corn from back in the day. Um, I think there might be another one on Kill Switch Engage you know just, just stories that I'm I'm proud of and you know kind of those interviews you're like wow I can't believe I got to talk to a couple of my favorite bands so you know if you want to learn more about me see where I kind of came from and how I got here you can go to march4th.podbean.com and the link tree will be in the podcast description and if you would be so kind you guys um, if you want to take the time to tell a friend to tell a friend leave a rating or a review on Apple you can also do that on Spotify now I just saw that It really helps the podcast rank higher and get these conversations out to more people. So if you would be so kind, go through that link tree. Go to Apple, leave a rating and review. Go to Spotify, leave a rating and review. And if you don't have those services and you're listening to, to the podcast on something else like iHeart or maybe you're just listening to it on the website, please do me a favor and tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, share these episodes so that we get more people put on to. Guys like Danny and Big Eleanor Records, man, because that's really what this is about is sharing these stories and and hopefully motivating people to chase down their dreams in their lives. So on that note, I just want to thank everybody again. I'm going to give my voice a rest here and put this bad boy together and uh, maybe catch the rest of this Niners-Rams game before I wrap it up and start the work week off, man. But uh, I love you all out there. Keep the faith and be kind to one another kudos of my guy Danny at Big Eleanor Records. Here is Caffeine from Advocat. Peace.